Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me discord. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So that shoulder shot you were aiming for, I mean, your neck is fairly close to the shoulder. And so, yes, you, you have just shot Bobby through the neck, just uh, you know, blowing a big chunk of meat out the back <laughs> as he stumbles forward and falls on the ground in this huge spreading pool of blood. Uh, sanity roll? Yeah, I think so, because you have just murdered someone. Paul wasn't looking, was he? He was turned around. <laughs> I don't think you're just going to stand there with your hand over your eyes for the... Right, I'm going to whip around. On the other hand, you don't have to make the sand roll for this because you didn't kill him. Uh, I passed my sand roll. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> okay, well, you didn't like Bobby that much anyway. I hated Bobby. This is fine. Okay, but I turn around and see dead Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cal. <laughs> That's fine. You said to not give the house blood. If you look, Paul, where he is, he was coming at you with the sickle. He was going to give your blood to the house, so I shot him first. So Bobby is lying there dead on the floor. There's not much of his neck left. There is a lot of blood. Alex's and Paul's ears are ringing. And also from somewhere in the shadows of the room you didn't notice it before but yeah and annie's in here with you you don't know how you missed her last time but yeah she she's there in the room alex staggers back a little bit from the recoil staring wild-eyed at the corpse of bobby on the floor because even though they didn't really like bobby they weren't actually intending to kill him they're they're Hands are shaking with the gun still in them, just like... Paul? Did you see that? I saw it! Do you have what you want now, house? Do you have it? You got some blood luck! Well? There's no answer. And then Paul notices Annie. 
Why did you bring us here? They asked me to. Who is they? You saw them. They wanted me to bring you here. I saw pictures I ain't seen, damn. Look, I... I don't understand either. Alex hears Pat's voice from somewhere behind her, just in the darkness of the corner, saying, You're supposed to use the sickle. Should, should I do that now? Should you do what now? You heard that. <laughs> I also heard that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I told you. It said to use the sickle. Well, I couldn't shoot it with the sickle, now could I? Paul slowly reaches down and grabs the sickle. Okay, well, like, hit him with it. See if that does anything. Okay, I will. So <laughs> Paul walks up to Bob's body, <laughs> gives a little kick nudge to make sure he's already dead. <laughs> Is he dead? Yeah, he's, he's pretty dead. That whole missing neck thing is a bit of a giveaway. It's fair. I'm not a biologist. Um, so <laughs> Paul takes the sickle and just brings the point in down just like straight into his gut. Do I need to roll for that? Yeah, I, well, I think you need to roll sanity because I know he's dead, but you're still hacking up someone you used to know with the sickle. That's probably fair. I way failed the sand roll. I rolled an 86 there, so. Ooh. Well, I think appropriately you lose five points of sand for this as you're getting down, hacking up the body. There we are. I'm down to 37 if everybody's keeping track. <laughs> How much sand have you lost in total? Uh, I started at 45, so I've lost, uh, I've lost a good solid eight. Okay, so you're not indefinitely insane yet, so give me an intelligence roll just to see whether you're having a bad madness. I, uh, that's actually a hard success. So, yeah, you are having a bad madness, and I think the way this evidence is at the moment, the house, you were told it wanted you to use the sickle, so... That's what you're doing. You're using the sickle. I mean, you are gouging away at this body. You are hacking gobbets of meat off it. There, yeah, things are going crack. Things are going crunch. As Alex is watching. Are you happy now, Bobby? But yeah, you just see Paul just reducing this body to mincemeat and offal and bone fragments and scraps of, of bloody cloth. Um, the house wants blood! I'm giving him blood with the sickle! Am I meeting all the criteria for satisfying the house's goddamn desires? <laughs> I'm going to back away. Are you going to back up now? Yes, because you're getting blood all over me, Paul. Well, that's what the house wants, isn't it, Alex? Can you give me a luck roll as well while you're doing all this? Okay. Let's roll for luck. Now that looks uh, 41. So uh, that's a fail by one. <laughs> Good. Okay. So as you're hacking into the body, 
A few times, the sickle goes through this wet pile of meat that used to be Bobby. And it cracks into the wood of the floor. When that does so, I mean, the, the wood cracks and crunches a bit. I mean, you can see under the blood that there's some kind of black goo bubbling up through the broken bits of, of Bobby. Of course there is. But one of the times you bring the sickle down, you catch your hand on this bit of wood that is broken off, and this large splinter of wood just sticks into the side of your hand, and when you bring your hand up, you can just see that there is this you know, sharp bit of wood that, that is just stuck, I and mean, it is under the skin of your palm, and it hurts like hell. Is any of that black bile goo in that splinter and in me now? Hmm. I mean, it's certainly coated in it, yes. Dope. Okay. And as you're watching, the splinter wriggles like a worm and just burrows into your skin and disappears into the flesh. Oh, God! You see that? Oh, that wood just crawled inside me! Have you tried cutting your arm off? Might stop it. Oh wait, what happened to all just hallucinating? Was that just a thing? I just killed a man, Paul. I don't think we're hallucinating anymore. Okay, well I just hacked that man up into bits and had a piece of floor crawl inside my arm. And I ain't cut my arm off. Okay. I didn't come this far to lose an appendage. Well, you might lose more than that, that's all I'm saying. I don't give a shit anymore, to be honest. I think your friend's gone mad. We're all mad here. <laughs> You're scaring Annie. <laughs> Let's flip it on her. <laughs> Look, I got a, got cartoon drawings of your family. <laughs> I'm still in about a madness, right? By the time you've reduced the body to meat and bone fragments, no, you, you've, you've come out of it. Sorry, I seem to have lost it. Yeah, you, you kind of did. I think I thought I saw something crawl in my arm. Getting a bit scary there, Paul. Annie? What? Annie. Yes? What the hell is going on? I thought you might tell me, Paul. Alex is looking around going, Pat, Pat, are you there, Pat? There's no answer for the moment. Jeremy, I gave it blood. And again, there's no answer. Paul, you want to try the door, see if we can get out of here? Paul walks over to the door and jiggles the handle. Yeah, the handle doesn't even move. I think the only way we're going to get out of here is break that window. So, uh, Paul walks over to the window with his bat. <laughs> There's wooden shutters bolted over them. There's no glass in the windows. They're just basically holes in the wood with wooden shutters bolted over them. We can't see out at all. Oh, no, no. No, they're just solid wooden shutters. So, should we break those open something? Think it's worth a shot? 
Now, I don't think I should be shooting that. We just saw what happened when I try shooting things. <laughs> I'm going to take a cut at it with this bat, see what, see what happens. I am a weak freaking character, by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, you're going up to the shutter and you're starting to smash at it with the wooden club. Yeah, I want to give it a couple of whacks. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's put this down to a strength roll then. All right. Ooh. Okay. That is a success. Well, what happens is, yeah, you manage to put some real muscle into this. And as you smash into the wood, again, as you did when you were cutting in with the sickle, but now even more so, you are smashing into the wood and it's fracturing, it's chipping. There is more and more of this black ooze coming out. Good. And you've, you've shattered enough of it that you can see that the wood, it's, it's almost like a veneer. And underneath there is something else. There is something black and pulpy that's pulsating under there. And you're revealing more and more of it as you're smashing the wood. And as you do this, the entire house starts shaking. It's like an earthquake. The rest of you, you're, you're struggling to stay on your feet. The lights are just bouncing all over the place as you're holding them in your hands and you're picking up random beams. And what you can see as well is as the beams of light are just moving across the wood as you're being shaken around, you can see moving in the grain of the wood around you. Just the impression, the fleeting impression the faces, all these faces just, you know, maybe it's paradelia, but you're just seeing all these faces just in the, the grain of the wood, shifting around, looking out, and the air is filled with the sound of screaming. Let's have sand rolls. All right, I passed. Okay. <laughs> it's 96. What was your sand uh, before you rolled that? 50. Well, my, before I roll, it was a 48, but my, I started at 50. Your sand was 48, so that is actually a fumble. So you lose the maximum possible sand. Yes. That is eight points. <laughs> Paul still loses one point, which that takes you to nine points sand loss, doesn't it? And you started on 45? I'm at 36. I've lost nine total. So, yeah, that is a fifth of your, your sand. I'm also at a fifth of mine. So you're both indefinitely insane. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the house is shaking. There is the sound of all these voices screaming, the the shapes moving around in the bulbs, the black icor running down from the shattered shutter where Paul has been smashing away. What are you doing? Paul, stop! This is the first time you've had a bout of madness, is it? Yes. So you get five points of Cthulhu Mythos as well. And, oh yeah, Paul should have got that as well for his Bat of Madness. Rather than just going into a killing rage, because that'd be too easy at the moment, I think you need to find some way of getting out of here at any costs. Yeah, it is just complete claustrophobia at this stage. You are trapped. You are going to die in here unless you get out. I think, because I know the door's closed... I might just try shooting at that area that Paul's been pulling open. Maybe I can shoot through it and make a hole and I can run out of here. It's a great idea. Let's die. 
<laughs> it's like, if I can make the hole big enough, if I can shatter it a bit, I can get out of here. I can get out of here. This is uh -huh. going to be the fastest way to get out of here because the door's shut. Okay. It's not really going to be too difficult for you to shoot a section of wall. It's slightly difficult because you are getting tossed around a bit while doing so. Well, I think if I'm trying to, trying to get out, I would just empty the whole thing because I'd be trying to make as big of a hole as I possibly could. Okay, yeah, and how many bullets does this take? Six, so I should have five left. So, yeah, make make five rolls, and it's really only going to matter if you fumble, because otherwise you're just shooting. But if you fumble, fun things could happen. Okay, so I got a critical. I got a critical. Oh, wow. That was a one, <laughs> and no fumbles. Okay, so... Well, roll five lots of damage then, so that's plus one lot of maximum damage. <laughs> okay, so it's normally 2d6, so that should be 10d6 plus 15. Pl plus another 15. Okay. <laughs> that's 76? So, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, what the rest of you can see is Alex just you know, in the midst of all this chaos unloading their gun entirely into this shutter and it blows a big chunk out of this. You can see darkness on the other side but there is you can see the moonlight, you can see the outline of trees on the other side and just for a moment I mean there is this horrible meaty smell that is coming off the wound in the wall that you've created. The house is still shaking violently around you, but you have created a hole big enough. I'm going to run for that hole. You'd be crawling out, not jumping out. I got to get out of here. This is the first thing I've seen might let me get out of here. I'm, I'm going to go for the hole, Scott. As you're going towards it, I mean, you can see almost immediately it is starting to close up. Get me the fuck out of here. I'm getting out. Well, let's do this then as a dex roll to see whether you can squirm your way out through this slippery, <laughs> pulsating, closing hole. Jesus Christ, she's going to get cut in half and I'm going to be alone in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a hard success. Then, yeah, what Paul can see is Alex <laughs> just running for this hole and, and you know, diving into it and just squirming through. They almost pull their skinny jeans off in the process, but <laughs> you know, manage to wriggle through. There is this sort of slurping noise. I do want a luck roll off Alex, though. Oh, God. Don't think my luck is high enough. No, it is not. Okay. So, yeah, again, as you're crawling through this hole, you get a gouge in your arm from the wood, and again a splinter goes in, almost exactly as happened with Paul. By the time you're on the other side, by the time you get to the ground, you can just see the splinter disappearing under the skin and into your flesh. Okay. They can they can deal with this at the hospital? Yeah. Just gotta get home, just gotta get home. Well, you are having a bout of madness at the station now that you're on your own. We'll deal with this later, but you are now just wandering through 
the woods on your own in the middle of the night. I'm following the trail back as best I can. Yeah, you hope so, but you are not in your right state of mind. You are covered in, in goo and filth. Yeah, you're torn up, your ears ringing. I murdered a man. Yeah. <laughs> so inside the shack is now just Paul and Annie. You hear Jeremy's voice from somewhere inside the house. You were supposed to use the sickle. You were supposed to use the sickle. I used the goddamn sickle. Look at the pile of meat on the floor. He was already dead. Okay. There's only one thing it'll want now. There's only one thing that, that that'll keep it happy. There's only one thing that before it'll let me go. There's only one thing you can do. What? As he says that, you actually see him. He steps forward from the shadows. He's there, in the 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 light from your your phone. With that same blank look on his face as you saw in the photographs. And he points up. And as you look up, you can see hanging from the rafter, there's a noose. What do you want me to do with that, Jeremy? He's just pointing at it. Jeremy, you need to use your words. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only thing that will satisfy it now. If you want me to be able to get out of here. And he just points at the noose again. If I want you to be able to get out of here, I have to... I have to die. He just nods. Well, fuck that. See you later. Um, (laughs) I could appraise the noose. Too bad Bobby's not here to do an accounting on it. <laughs> Can I go over to Jeremy and, like, touch him and see if he's real? Yeah, you do. You go over and he feels real. Is the sickle still in play? Yeah, it's still in your hand. So we take a look over at, uh, at my brother... I'm going to take a look over at Annie. I'm going to take a look at my brother again. I'm going to take a look at Annie. And Annie's got to die. So... (laughs) Annie, get your gun. (laughs) I'm going to ask Annie a question. Annie? He said the house wants blood. He didn't say the house wants a body. If I use the sickle, can I cut you and let you drip blood on the floor? You could try, but it might be better if you cut yourself. Yeah, I could. (laughs) But as you can see, I've been through a lot today. (laughs) It's got to be me spilling someone else's blood if I'm doing the math correctly. Don't fact check me here. Paul takes the sickle and just runs it on Annie's like the back of Eddie's hand. So then I think it's going to be a fighting brawl roll from Paul. I mean, your goal initially was just to scratch the back of her hand, but as she's dodging out of the way and you're having to be a bit more aggressive in doing that, I mean, it might turn into a bit more... Hard fail. 
my fight brawls 25 and I just rolled a 78, so... You were only prepared to scratch the back of her hand and she's snatched out of the way and just moved back. Yeah, you, you haven't quite managed to do that. Hey! Look, Annie, it's not so bad. And I take my hand and I run the sickle across the back of it and drip some blood on the floor. Okay. That hurts. That really fucking hurts. And you hear Jeremy's voice saying, It isn't just the blood it wants. It needs someone. It needs someone to take my place. It needs you. You have to take my place, Paul. Before it lets me go, you have to take my place. But you've been dead. Why do I have to take your place? That's not something my brother would ask me to do. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. I'm getting an idea of what it's like, and it doesn't look very good. <laughs> so it has to be me, Jeremy? Can it be her? Gestures at Annie. It has to be you. It doesn't want her. Why doesn't it want her? He goes quiet. Jeremy, why does it have to be me? Because it wants you. You should do what it wants, Paul. Paul takes a cut at Annie's neck, because fuck her. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, then again, give me a fighting brawl roll. Nineteen! So that's going to be a d6 damage plus any damage bonus that Paul has. I had a three. So, yeah, you slash at Annie with the sickle. It's not quite the killing blow that you were aiming for. She's dodged back slightly, and you've slashed across her chest. You've ripped the top of her blouse open. You've gone across her collarbone and torn the skin open. And what's coming out is not blood. You can see this black icor that, the same as you saw coming out from the floor, coming out from her chest. And where you've cut into it, instead of bones being exposed, you can see fragments, broken bits of wood sticking out. Okay, what the fresh fuck? Let's have a sand roll. Of course. Uh, it's a failed sand roll. Okay. At the very least, you are having another bout of madness. And you're losing another five points of sand. Yeah, of course. I think in this case, you know, it's really got to translate to a killing frenzy, just destroying it. You know, everything around you, whether that's Annie, whether that's Jeremy. Things need to die now. Okay, so I've got two weapons and I'm just hacking at everyone and everything. Meaning Annie and Jeremy, I'm, I've lost my freaking shit. I'm so glad I got out of there. <laughs> I'm not gonna die in this fucking house, and if I am, you're coming with me. So sometime later, you're not quite sure how long. You sort of come back to your senses, and you're sitting there on the floor of the cabin. And there's bits of body all around you. There's the bits of Bobby... <laughs> You know, the fleshy bits. But then there's also the bits of Annie and there's the bits of Jeremy. There is just black pulp and goo and these 
fragments of wood that look a bit like bones in shape but aren't quite just scattered all over the floor, some of them still twitching. The light on your phone is just flickering. You're on 1% battery life in there. And overhead, just the one thing you can see as the light is flickering away is just that noose hanging overhead. You are exhausted. Not just exhausted from all the killing, but just bone-weary. And it's like the life is just being sucked out of you. Okay, what else is in the house? (laughs) They are. The remains of the furniture, you know, the few bits that didn't get smashed. There is that trapdoor in the floor. Uh, There is the noose hanging from the rafters. You know what we didn't do? We didn't go check out that floor (laughs) trapdoor. Um, so before I build a, uh, a fake deer out of the deer head and all of the human meat, <laughs> I'm not going to kill myself until I fucking have to. So I want to go open that floor trap door that we didn't think about. Oh God. Okay. You clear the bits of broken table and chairs out of the way and the bits of meat. There isn't a handle on the trap door. There is a little knot hole that you can stick your finger through. As you stick your finger inside and try to pry it up, I mean, the inside of it is warm and moist. Of course. In the flickering, fading light of your phone, you you lift it up, and it lifts up slightly, and you can see these strands of what looks like black rubber holding it in place. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to shine my flickery cell phone down in it. And you can see this flight of black steps disappearing into down into darkness. They just shine with some sort of goo that's all over them. What the hell? Let's go in. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need to hack the strands that are holding this in place, but happily you do still have the sickle. Thank God I have the sickle. Let's cut those things open. Do I need to roll for that? No, no, but again, the the shack doesn't seem very happy about when you do it. I mean, as you hack away, again, it shakes. Oh, is this upsetting you? (laughs) You can just see again the shapes of the faces in the wood grain, just looking out at you in agony and horror as you're doing this, before the light on your phone just goes completely. And the trapdoor just lurches up and slams back over the other side. From down below, there is this very warm, moist air coming up. There's a meaty smell to the whole thing. You can hear the sounds of dripping liquid. You can hear what sounds like people groaning and crying in pain. I'm going to take the steps down. I got to know. Okay. Can I roll to haunt him? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably you may have your moment. You, you go down the stairs. It's difficult because you are doing this completely blind. You have no light now. And the stairs are slippery. They are covered in slime. Yeah, as you step on them, I mean, there is a slight give. These aren't wood. These aren't stone. You're not sure what they are. It's just meat. Okay. Yeah. It certainly feels warm to the touch. And as you go down, you eventually reach the bottom, and 
there in the gloom, and I say gloom because it's not pitch darkness now, you can hear the sounds of all these voices of people in pain and terror. As your eyes adjust, I mean, there is some kind of phosphorescence, or some kind of natural light down here. It doesn't seem to have a single source. But you can just make out little bits and pieces. And let's have a sand roll before we get into this. Oh, passed. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So you only lose three points of sand. Is that it? Because you're indefinitely insane, it's still enough to trigger a bout of madness. <laughs> For sure. Your mind can't piece all this together. You see things. You can see this sort of gelatinous thing all around you. It's pulsating. It's dark in places and clear in places. And there's, there, there is light, but it, not enough to see clearly. And there are, you can see people's faces and there are arms reaching out. There are some arms, you know, hands, fingers touching you. Some of them rub across your face and grab at you. And as you pull away, fingers come away as, you know, they come off as you're pulling away. And there are other things floating like, like they're suspended. There's items of clothing. There's a phone in there. There's, you, know, you can see, yeah, there's a sickle. There's a sickle in there just hanging there, hanging in air, that's not air, no, that's that's something else, that's not air. And there are voices just crying in pain and agony all around you. I, one of those voices is Bobby, one of those, you know, you can hear Bobby. Bobby, you, you don't know where you are at the moment, you can't move properly, I mean, you, you've got an arm free and you can just about reach out. Yeah, you can definitely hear and maybe see Eric, or maybe that's your reflection over there somewhere, but you can hear him crying, crying out, just, you know, wanting to be released from all this. You want to be released, you want to get out of it, but you can't. You just can't move properly. There's just your arm. You can reach out almost with your arm. Your fingers brush up against Eric's fingers. For, for a moment, the two of them just seem to meld into each other and then pull apart wetly with strands between them. Okay. You said there's a sickle floating, right? Yeah. There's also the sickle that you've still got in your hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I have a bat and a sickle. I'm going to drop the bat, <laughs> and I'm going to grab the sickle. You're reaching into this wall of pulsating, warm, jelly-like substance, pulling it out. The sickle feels and a wet in your hand I mean, it's the blade is drooping slightly and as you move it round it it wobbles alarmingly well this is not what I intended <laughs> <laughs> you can just about make out the form of Jeremy just there helplessly suspended in all this that's fun I'm going to walk over towards Jeremy and I'm going to try and pull him out of the wall okay then, yeah, I mean, it's, you can take great handfuls of this goo and start pulling them out and, and digging him out if you want. Or, I mean, you could use the sickle. That would make things even easier. Yeah, I'm going to hack the damn goo apart and try and get him out. Yeah, you do. You, you hack. You hack away at the goo. You hack. Excavate deeper and deeper into this. And, and yeah, I mean, you get to Jeremy's body and keep digging. And, and you're, you're trying to, in your madness, get him out of this. 
as you come back to your, your senses, or at least what passes for your senses, you're, you're sitting there on the ground, you're back up against this pulsating wall, all these voices just screaming in terror and agony around you, and you're holding the sobbing form of, of Jeremy in your arms. Or at least you're holding some of him. I mean, you've got the torso, maybe half of his head... Uh, at the stump of one of his arms, and he's just quivering in your arms and crying. Jeremy, what happened to you? There, there isn't enough of his his face and jaw left to answer you. His tongue is just flapping around loosely in the, in the remains of his face. So my options are stay in the goose. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I don't know how to talk this out. My options are stay in the goo room with the corpses. Go back upstairs, jump through the noose gloriously, hang myself, become a part of the goo room. Can I get out of here or am I just fucked? You're fucked. You've been in all the other rooms. Fucked. Good. Okay. Paul's seen enough. Paul <laughs> Paul is going back upstairs and is gonna, you know, open the trap door, get up there gleefully might I add, slide his head through the noose, <laughs> tighten it, and jump off. Paul's done. <laughs> That's enough. Paul is so done. Okay. Paul is going to nope his way out of life and jump straight into hell. And and that is pretty much what happens, because, yeah, I mean, your pain from the hanging is mercifully brief compared to what is to come, because... Sometime later, or you're not quite sure how long, you wake up again and you're back down there in the darkness. But this time, yeah, you're there just embedded in the wall. You can see the remains of Jeremy just still there on the ground. You can, you know, with the one arm you've got poking out from the wall, you can almost reach out to his sobbing remains, but they can't quite reach. I mean, just further down, you can make out the form of Eric, or maybe it's Bobby, it's one of the two. I mean, you, you couldn't even tell them apart before, but now forget it. And you're, you're there, and you now know that you're there is a memory of what you once were. You're there to be used. One of the other figures you can see in there is the figure of Annie, the, the woman who came to the support group. She's there embedded in the wall as well. And you, you just know that, you know, someday maybe this thing will send you out into the world like it sent her out, just as a tool, as a lure to try to drag people inside to bring them in. So there was no trade? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. That's fun. Let's cut back to Alex. Yes. So Alex has spent the night just walking through the woods. I mean, by the time you make it out onto a road, it's daylight, and you've probably got hypothermia at this stage. You're just struggling to stay conscious, and you, you just collapse on the side of the road. And, you know, luckily, this woman in an SUV is driving past and stops and calls for an ambulance for you. And this shack... And yeah, you wake up sometime later in, in hospital and there are obviously questions because, you know, you were found covered in blood and scratched up and 
police want to take a, a statement from you, I, what, what do you tell them about what's happened? We were in, in the cabin in the woods and uh, I don't know why we were there. Maybe we were just trying to get away for a bit and someone killed Bobby. They killed Bobby and it, his brains were just everywhere and 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 I ran. I didn't... Oh God, I left Paul. Oh God. Oh God. I left Paul in there. And that's about all I get out. Well, I think then, based on what you've said and the details you've given, I, I'd like you, I think, to make a luck roll to see whether... Oh God. You end up facing police investigation for what's happened. Yes. <laughs> That's a 92. Okay. The police send someone to go off an investigation. They eventually find, you know, this cabin in the woods with the hacked up remains of Bobby's body inside. Yeah, they, they never do find Paul. Uh, oh, actually, no, sorry. They do find Paul. They find Paul hanging from the ceiling, yes. I mean, there is some suspicion hanging over you because, you know, you got away. I mean, you may not be charged with murder, but there is an ongoing investigation or you've been told not to leave town. And they're still trying to piece together from forensic evidence, you know, what happened there. There's lots of interviews with you to try to work out what's happening. All the time that this is happening, there's also this maddening itch in your arm. I mean, you feel, you know, where you got that splinter. So the wound has largely healed over, but you can just feel it itching the whole time. And then, when you're in the police station in Asheville, being interrogated again, being asked more questions again, they keep asking the same questions over and over again. The police officer's gone outside to confer with someone else and has locked you in there. And you feel this itching again in your arm. As you look up, you can see that the mirrored glass of the interrogation room, there's a dark mark on it. There's a mark that wasn't there before, a blemish, a stain of some kind. And as you get up and look at it, you can see that... It's wood. There's a bit of wood on there. It looks like dark pine. And it's growing. It's spreading. And as you watch, you can just see around you just more and more of these flecks on the walls, on the door, just spreading out as the walls of the interrogation room start turning to pine, to, to planks, to wood. That again. That again. Start banging on the door. Get me out of here! Let me out of here! It's coming! And as you go over and you start banging on the door, the metal door that was there before is now just this wooden door. It's the front door of the cabin and you're banging on it. You, you can't even hear the echoes of the sound behind it anymore. As you look behind you, you can see the wood-burning stove there and you can see the antlers up there and the, the table over standing atop the trap door. As the windows and as the lights seal over the wood, everything goes dark. And this time, you're not getting out of there. Hold up. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our wolf pack at patreon.com slash Slade. Or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there. <laughs>